mini bump in which we explore R.L. Stein Mothra. <laughs> it's the big moth guy from <laughs> from the Godzilla movies. You know the one. Yeah, that one. And I'm Danielle. I have a PhD. I'm Jojo and I have a PhD. I'm Jeff and I have an anatomy question. Ooh, I like. You're Jeff and you have an anatomy. <laughs> I'm starting to grow hair in weird places. Um, I, I don't know why this hit me. I think it's because I was browsing the internet earlier before we started recording. And uh, there was somebody who had their arm raised up high in the air. And there was that that little concave space, you know, that right there? Yes, the one that's hard to shave. Yes, I know of it. Why is that called the underarm and not the under shoulder? Well, is it under the arm or the shoulder? Because, Jeff, the shoulder is part of your torso. And your arm is, like, right there. It's really more <laughs> of, like, the joint. It's like the... What, so let me ask you this, Jeff. Would that space exist if you didn't have an arm? Do you have an underarm if you don't have a torso? Or is an underarm just a concept of the mind? Do you think that if somebody does lose that part of their torso, their arm and the upper part of the torso, like the shoulder, do they have phantom underarms? And, like, do they have phantom underarm feelings? I don't know. Do you feel your underarm? Uh, I mean, right now I am. Well... Okay. That's okay. gross. That's gross, Jeff. We're <laughs> I was making not anticipating that answer. We're making art right now, and you're feeling yourself. <laughs> you're That's fingering disgusting. your armpit. Come don't, on, man. Don't criticize my methods. So, Danielle, today this mini bump today is Danielle's baby. It is. Why don't you tell us what? Like, why don't you give us some context to what's going on? As you may know, we read "Welcome to Camp Nightmare." So, what I'm doing. You will be astonished and pleased to know is I am bringing to us stories of the camp. So uh, Welcome to Camp Nightmare was a Goosebumps tale wherein a a kid went to uh, a summer camp that was really, really spooky. So Danielle's been, I could tell you from experience as living with her and being her partner that she has been um, going hog wild. <laughs> <laughs> this entire last like week and a half with with camp stories and spooky stories and scary stories. And Danielle is is normally traditionally without the context of this goosebumps episode really into ghost stuff anyway. Exactly. So this is the this is the meeting of my love of ghosts and my love of research. So this is just everything I could ever want. Danielle, break us off a piece of that whatever it is you have. So telling stories around the campfire is essentially a venerated form of oral history, which, as you might imagine, is pretty hot. Goes back quite a long ways and is to the fi to the fifties when porn came. <laughs> exactly, we don't have um, written record because it's an oral history. Exactly, so we don't have a lot of written record of these, which is what makes telling it to each other important because that is how they get perpetuated and kept alive is through the fun fun times of telling one another ghost stories around a campfire. Kind kind of like Tinkerbell. Precisely. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cuz you got to you got to applaud to keep her alive. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, she, you gotta. Did you know Tinkerbell lives for the applause? She, she's such she a does. fucking attention whore, you guys. The first time we pick up a tangible record of storytelling is about thirty-five thousand years ago. What? 
So we're yeah, Jeff. Stories are old, and we're not talking about stories in general. So what? When do we have ghosty stories? Yeah. Do you uh, think that was the first one too? Like ghosty stories? We're thirty five k. The first story ever written happened to be about a ghost. Yes. yes. The first. So you're so you're thinking the one of the the first tales we ever told. One was here's where deer are. Two, there was a man with a hook for a hand. <laughs> here's where a ghost is. <laughs> there was. A, I saw the Slender Man. Also, the hogs are down here by the water. I would say that in terms of ghost stories, there would be, as soon as there are stories that are being told, it would involve, uh, some of them would involve fear and danger somehow, because these are ways of prodding you to behave in certain ways. So when you pass down an oral story about the monster that lives on the top of that hill, it's probably because there's something dangerous at the top of that hill like you could fall the fuck off so they're telling this story to keep people from doing that because people are stupid it's cautionary tale yes all ghost stories are cautionary tales about avoiding ghosts basically yep uh so camp though is a much more modern innovation well i think the concept of i feel like the concept of sending kids off into the woods with strangers to live to rough it that seems like a relatively new and stupid thing to do. <laughs> that is, uh, yes, that is correct. And it started, of course, as all stupid things do with the Victorians. What actually happened is there was the industrial boom. There was a whole bunch of fucking like city life just became like looking at a big pile of concrete and smoke. And so they... The parents thought that like, yeah, maybe, maybe we should show the kids what it looks like, like what a tree is, you know, maybe we should like let them. My son's 14 years old and he ain't never seen a tree. He ain't never seen no tree. And he never will as long as I live. <laughs> now, if I got something to say about it. You keep working in the yarn factory where God <laughs> placed you. You ain't never going to see a tree. That's right. Disney's tree. Coming out this fall. <laughs> And child's desire to see a tree. I just, please, I just, I, all I want in my in my life is to see a tree. Starring the voice of Tom Holland as the tree. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is the moment I'm a tree. And all, oh, no, Mr. Stark, I'm a tree. Oh, jeez. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. Oh, I'm geez, a tree. Stark. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, so. it's a good Tom Holland in person. Why don't they have why don't they have Tom Holland do the voice of Morty for an episode of Rick and Morty? Ah, because because Justin Roiland would have to would be angry. Yeah, Justin Roiland would be like, he would have to kill me first. He would have to fight me to the death. Justin Roiland will die if he stops doing that Rick and Morty voice. Exactly. He's like Tinkerbell. That's what he is that's what he has said. It's the one <laughs> thing that's that's uh keeping his his cells dying at the same rate they're multiplying like Deadpool. So the Victorians wanted to send their kids off to experience nature. Yeah. Because they felt that uh, horrible factories and smoke were not. Yes. Were not. Uh, so did kids know what the color green was? Probably not. No. Jojo, everything was black and white back then. Obviously, no. So it started with essentially what was like a extended day visit. And this was for obviously more privileged families who wanted to escape the city and see what grass felt like. And so they'd go out there for a day and like bring a picnic and shit. And then slowly over time that evolved into this sort of shared notion that children need nature. <laughs> he stopped crying when we left the city. <laughs> <laughs> 
He'd never seen a color before. He hadn't spoke a word for 14 years, but now look at him. He touched a bird. (laughs) (laughs) My boy touched a bird. My boy touched a bird. That's all I've ever wanted. So, So everyone's heard of taking these trips together then. Yeah, and then eventually that sort of mindset that kids need trees uh, permeated the the society and people started sending, if they had the means, camp has always been a certain... The privileged thing. It's a privileged thing. It's a certain degree of privilege. Some of uh, us have never been to horse camp. Some of (laughs) them... Sucker. So what I found in cursory research is mostly that... Uh, this was, you know, the first time a lot of kids were being sent off without their parents. And that poses a couple of obstacles, first of which is the fact that their parents aren't there. So you have to figure out how to make them obey these new authority figures because otherwise they're children and they don't give a fuck. And usually a good motivator is fear. And so uh, camp stories are often supernatural and they have a tendency to focus on the campsite itself, which helps with another problem, which is that this is a shit ton of kids thrown together who don't know each other. So, so the campfire story helps bring together a sense of togetherness, you know, like who who, does it say, did the kids create the stories or was it the adults? It couldn't have been the kids. This is too smart. Yeah, it was, it was too useful. So this is definitely a product of adults trying to, uh, control children through fear. Yep. Yep. That is. Yep. Yeah. Why, why? So Danielle, you don't have to answer this, but why didn't they just hit? Yeah. I know there's so many sticks. I just keep thinking, like, back then, like, if kids don't behave, you just hit them with a stick. Didn't they just belt kids a lot? I think that's just what the past is, from my perspective. It's just hitting with sticks. As far as I know, yeah. And sometimes a spoon, if you're lucky. It would have been perfect, though, to use a stick, because none of them would have seen it coming, because none of them knew where sticks were, because they never seen a tree before. They've never seen a tree. They they hit me with their mind... (laughs) Elongation. I don't know what it was. <laughs> their, par- their parents are like, describe the thing that they hit you with. I don't know. It was well, uh, came out of his brain. I li- I literally can't. I don't. It, it was kind of like the thing that they use to attach bolts to bridges, but I don't even know what that's called. So, what are the stories that we would tell at camp? There's a a, a strange adult who li- who lives out in the woods who kills kids. Like that is probably the number one most repeated story. Yeah, it's a pretty consistent yeah. concept in yeah. films and books. and Which makes you wonder if they know that this person's killing kids out here, you think they would do something about it other than caution you? You would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And that's the great thing is that... Uh, kind of victim blaming the kids for getting killed. Like, don't go out in the woods and get killed. Why don't you go take out the person who's doing it? So then I can go into the woods whenever I dang well please. You fucking fuck. Yeah, but then we're taking away that person's right to kill kids. And is that fair to them? That is his God-given right. Oh my God, Jeff, you libertarian <laughs> piece of shit. If I want to kill a kid, I'm going to kill a kid. Uh, hey, Jeff, how about that? How about, hey, how's that charitable giving going? You fuck. <laughs> All right, Danielle, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted. I just hate Jeff so much. Please go on. <laughs> And then there's the story of the girl who has her hand over the edge of the bed 
and her dog will lick it. But then it turns out she doesn't doesn't have a dog. No, she has. It's really her gimp. She hears a dripping noise, right? And so she goes out of bed and she opens the closet and she finds her dead dog hanging in the closet. That's the dripping sound. A loud dripping. That dog was gushing. Uh, that dog was gushing. Gotcha. And it's got a note on it that says, <laughs> humans can lick hands too. Well, that's stupid. That's, that's so specific. <laughs> I hate I hate that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was but, such a classic. Okay, but what, what else we got? What else we got? What else then we, we got? have the one of the prom queen who was on her way to the prom and got in a car accident or got hit by a car or whatever. So we got, we got, uh, so where are we at? Last two tropes. And, of course, there are many more than these. But these are examples would be a babysitter story where someone is babysitting and someone is trying to kill that person. We read a story like that. And uh, then there's um, often a like feral child story like <laughs> wolf kid, wolf girl. Bat boy. Raised by bats. Raised by wolves. Bat boy wasn't raised by bats. <laughs> what was his deal? What was bat boy's deal? He was a bat. And okay. a boy. So he was raised by bats, see? He was a child of two worlds, Danielle. He couldn't be raised by bats or people, so he was alone. Oh, he didn't fit in with either. No, no, oh, he didn't. That sucks. You've always been a child of two worlds. Scree! <laughs> I just want to go to school. You can't. You're a bat boy. Yeah. But I, okay, I want to go and hunt bugs at night. You can't. Nope. You're a, a bat, bat boy. boy. <laughs> bat boy. <laughs> Poor kid. Poor bat. Okay, so I have options for you. Would you like to tell a more developed version of Killer Under the Bed, uh, Killer in the Back Seat, or Prom Night Girl, or... Panic at the Disco. Uh, I'll do uh, Prom Night Girl. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, all right, this is the story of prom night. <clears throat> uh, Johnny left his friend's house late at night and headed home down the dark country road. It began to rain. Suddenly, Johnny saw the blurry image of a woman in a long white dress walking down the middle of the road. Johnny had to stop, so he asked the young woman if she needed a ride. Hey, baby, you hey, want baby, a ride? You, you want to get blurry. on in here? Hey, Listen, do you not hear the creepy music that Jeff put under this? The creepy, like, Creative Commons licensed music that is under God this? damn it. Will you make more work for me? <laughs> That's because I'm trying to be scary, so your little yeah. japes are not appreciated. Oh, all right, fine. Johnny had to stop, so he asked what we need to ride. Without saying anything, she got in and <laughs> sat in the front seat, so she was shivering. My Uber's here. After a few miles, the girl indicated, again without speaking, that she needed to get out of an old house eh, 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 eh. she's pointing eh, eh. <laughs> Johnny stopped the car and the girl opened the door Johnny rolled down the window and asked for his coat but the girl was gone and so is his coat god damn it she took my fucking coat my man. letterman jacket no he left his car and walked to the door an older woman answered and explained that he had forgotten to get his jacket from the young woman who dropped off the house so when began crying explained to Johnny that her daughter on that evening 10 years earlier was on her way to Capital P Prom. That's right. When she was killed in a car accident. <gasps> she was buried in the cemetery up the road in the exact spot where Johnny had picked her up. Oh, man. He he, he picks up people at grave? The next day, 
Now, the next now, but this is the part that's wild. Yeah, wait, was she? Day. Was he in a graveyard? <laughs> yeah, he's driving through a graveyard as a goof. And the next day, Johnny drove to the cemetery to finish this fight, Master Chief, <laughs> to confirm the woman's story. And there, on the grave of the young girl, was Johnny's jacket. Boom! Twist. It wasn't cleaned though. It was dirty. It was, it was dirty. It as was fuck. dirty and wet, and Gross. she sweating it. So it was a really bad jacket. It stank, and it was like unwearable after that. That's a classic. So, that's a classic uh, story I've heard. Yeah, like yeah. many a time. Well, okay, what's another one we got? Wasn't there one about a mirror? The the mirror one kind of. There is a mirror one. Can I do the mirror one? You said sure. it earlier. Yeah, haunted I like, mirror. I like yeah. things about mirrors. Okay. All right. I don't know why they're creepy. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I think I found it. Haunted mirror. Ghost dad. Haunted mirror. <clears throat> Our room's window and the mirror were haunted. End of story. All right. <laughs> Done. First All right. I told you it was short. Yeah. The end. Now go to bed. <laughs> it so happened that one day as I stood in front of it, brushing my hair long and straight in parentheses. Well, you, you need to know the condition of the hair. It's important. Yeah, it's long and straight. It's not some. I was curling it with my brush. Yeah. Get out. Um, I experienced a strange thing. Half of the image was mine. The other half seemed to belong to somebody else. You mean like split down the middle? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like two face. Like we two don't face. know, Jeff. Keep going. Or it could have been, it could have been horizontal. It could have been like. <laughs> the, the butt was somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> the, mid, the mirror is rather distorted. So I thought it was an optical illusion. But as I noticed, the other image had short curly hair. Hell yeah, it did. White, pupilless, slightly red eyes. Mine are dark brown. What? Your uh, eyes aren't red? And pupilless. <laughs> That's the thing. That My eyes are red. My eyes are brown. Uh, also, <laughs> they have pupils. Yeah. White, pupilless, slightly red eyes. Mine are dark brown. And a beard. Oh, no. Oh, okay. no. I was slightly confused and turned to look at the window right behind it. No one was there. Wait, what? You put a mirror in front of a window? That's a huge waste of space. As I looked closely, I moved my head from side to side. On one side was my own image, but on the other side was something truly terrible. I screamed and ran out of the room to my mom. She comforted me and told me to come with her. I was afraid, but went inside. As I peered in the mirror, there was no one in there. I dismissed the idea from my mind considering I was having hallucinations. So wait, there was no mirror reflection? That's even scarier. Yeah, that's worse. Arguably. And I'm a vampire. Again, I ran out, convinced that it was my that it was not my imagination. At first, mom's gaslighting her. Oh no. At first, mom was reluctant to believe, but after a few days, our sweeper complained of a man following him around. Our sweeper. Our sweeper. This family is rich. They can have they one have person. just one person just to sweep. Our Roomba saw that there was a man walking. <laughs> he said, "I can't do my work properly with him around me." Although he was alone speaking to my mom with no one around him, this is written very strangely. These are these are very colloquial. <laughs> I began to see that man in every mirror or glass, even the ones on the cupboard. I was scared in an attempt to- Whoa. Yeah, right? He was, they were scared. There was a man that was a beard and pupilless red eyes. In an attempt to end it, we removed all the mirrors from the house, but that man appeared in the cupboard glass. Complete man in every one. I didn't what? go there alone. <laughs> complete man in every one. Yes. Always complete. Castleofspirits.com. Two thousand five. These are these are these are the stories. 
Yeah. All right. Cool. Glad we got through the haunted mirror story. So what else we got? We have two listener submitted stories and happily those happen to fit right into two of the very popular tropes of campfire stories. So we have one ghost story from a listener that involves a mirror, which I shall ask Jeff to read because you enjoyed it so much, Joe. There is more. And this one is from Joss. What's the matter, Howie? Scared? Howard felt panic fully take hold as he heard the sentence punctuated with a deep, sinister laugh. He was running. That much was certain. He thought he was in some old abandoned warehouse, though he could never be quite sure. From what from what was from what he was running? <laughs> from what he was running. Ah, <laughs> uh, Joss. Uh, he had no idea. He had woken up here, bloodied and bruised. He just knew he had to get out of here. When he started to run, he knew he was being watched. He knew he was being followed. He's a video game character. Yes. He knew he was being watched. He knew he was being followed. But the only evidence was a voice, almost like his own, that came from everywhere but nowhere. Oh, fuck, dude. Like mirrors. It's, yeah, it's bouncing off all the mirrors. It's Bad Boy. He's using his echolocation. Oh, no. Oh, Bad Boy, you sly motherfucker. Rounding a corner, he came to a door and grabbed the handle. Fuck! <laughs> it was locked. He looked around and saw how just how cornered he was. There were no doors around and, wait, where had he just come from? Trapped like a rat in a cage, the voice sneered. Despite all my rage. Despite all your rage. <laughs> Howard's pulse quickened. There was no way out. He put his full body weight on the door and tried to break it down. He tried kicking it down. He tried everything his beaten, battered body could do. This is getting hot. I know, right? It was no use. It's not getting hot. You're just weird. No, no. The next line <laughs> indicates that it is getting hot. I find this rather fun, don't you? See? Okay, well, I retract my statement. All right, then. <laughs> All right. What do you want from me? I want in, Howard, the voice said, its tone suddenly turning serious as Howard sensed a new presence in the room. I've waited long enough. Howard had no clue what his captor meant, but his answer came with no trouble. No. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm tired of playing games. And with that, Howard felt the cool, sharp blade against his throat. Dot, dot, dot. Howard opened his eyes. He was in the apartment on the couch. He had, oh, no. It was a dream? It was a dream Jarl signed us. He had fallen asleep watching TV, glancing at his phone. He checked the time. 1 a.m. in the morning. Damn. Fuck. The nightmare again. It was a nightmare he had been having on and off since he was around 13, and every time it was the same. He was in some weird warehouse, beaten, disoriented with that voice. Only this time it was different. It usually ended at the locked door, but this time... Ooh, got the knife to the throat this time. Fuck. <laughs> he sighed as he picked up the remote and began to absentmindedly scroll through Netflix. <laughs> We've all been there. Stephen had left to visit some earlier, visit home earlier that morning to clear his head, as he had said, and Howard didn't blame him. Hell, he wanted to join him. Things seemed different lately, and neither knew why. Everything was going fine. They were happy in their relationship, and they were healthy. Still, the air felt heavy, and he knew it wasn't just depression. He knew what, what that felt like. Hell yeah. And what about the nightmare? This was the fifth night in a row, and he hadn't had it in years. At least not like this. The last time, it was right before. No, dumbass, he thought. You're just stressed. That's all. Just stop overthinking this. Everything's fine. He decided to put on a stand-up special to calm his nerves. Ah, comedy. Ah, yes. As the minutes ticked by and his eyes grew heavy once again, he debated on whether to get up and, or just, and go to bed or just fall back asleep on the couch until suddenly, footsteps. Uh-oh. It sounded like someone was sneaking through the apartment. Sneak, sneak, sneak. Steven? It seemed like something Steven would do, at least in Howard's <laughs> <laughs> That. Oh, cool. Steve is in the story now. What ass. a shitty partner. Yeah, come uh, on. Pretend to drive to South... Just like Steven, pretend to drive to South Carolina and sneak back in in the middle of the night just to 
fuck with his partner. That's commitment. Holy shit. When there was no answer, he began to worry. Was there someone else in there? No. As the sound of the bathroom door closing, Howard's heart sank. After a moment to collect his nerves, he got up and began sneaking to the bathroom. Well, sneaking. Well, sneaking. If Stephen's trying to scare me, I might as well get him first. Yeah, go get him. Grabbing a broom nearby, he's... Oh, yeah, hit him. Hit him with the broom. What are you going to do with the broom? Get him with with the the broom, broom, Jeff. (laughs) Danielle over here, like, eating popcorn. (laughs) Get him with the broom, you idiot. Taking a deep breath, he slowly turned it and slowly turned it and smiled. He turned, turned his, the broom and smiled. Turned his breath and smiled. This is a, I'm going to fuck up this guy with a broom. <laughs> I love him so much. I'm going to murder him. With my favorite broom. After a moment, he rushed in, swinging around the broom, screaming his head off like a madman on a mission. Damn. And taking in his surroundings, he sees no one. No Steven, no intruder, no one. He was about to murk his partner. Yeah. He glanced over at the mirror. Uh-oh, mirror. Uh-oh, mirror. Oh, no. Mirror. Something catching his eye. Something seemed off. He didn't know what it was. It should have been normal. It was a normal mirror showing a normal reflection of his normal self. It shouldn't have set off an alarm bell. It should have been fine, but it wasn't. Walking over, he began examining himself. Were his eyes always that dark? Well, it's 1 a.m., my dude. Yeah, you're getting a little... He set down the broom. Did did his reflection just blink? What? Uh, Did it just smirk? His eyes widened when it happened. There was no mistaking that voice. Whatever you do, Howie, don't look behind you. (laughs) Kiri's mouth formed an evil grin. The fun was just about to start. This seems like the start of a porn. It does. It would be a good start to a porn. It's a good start to most, like. Most uh, horror stories are good starts for yeah. porn. So it's because like, you build up tension and how do you release it? If yeah, exactly. Fun. You got to have, you build the tension and the release. The, yeah. the end. The end. It's Mirror a end. story. Yeah. And a good Netflix drop. I wonder what stand-up special he watched. I was picturing John Mulaney. I could see him watching a John Mulaney. Yeah. yeah. That would definitely put me at ease after watching a horror after having a nightmare. Dream. Yeah, yep. after dreaming I got my throat cut, yeah. yeah. All right, well, thank you, Joss. Thank you, Joss. Uh, I, hope Joss. I, did it. I hope I did it justice with my reading. And here's another story from friend of the pod, Javier. This is the story about the witches of the Magdalena River. It's the last true remaining river in, this, in Mexico City, and it used to be a lake. There were four great rivers that fed into the lake and Rio Magdalena was the last of them. Right now it's a protected area, but there used to be textile mills and factories, but now it's just a bunch of run-down buildings. And the stories say there are witches who live there. Why is that any different than anywhere else? Because the river itself, even though it seems like a peaceful place, as soon as it gets dark, there's not a presence, but an aura, a feeling that hits you when the dark comes. It's an incredibly uneasy feeling. And there are a lot of stories of fireballs up on the hills. All over that area, there are fireballs that seem to skip over the top of the hills. And they're not like will-o'-the-wisps or something. They're supposed to be fireballs flying through the air, skipping over the tops of the hills. And one of the stories that I know of mentions that you can't actually go to those hills because you'll get lost. People with all kinds of directional equipment still get lost there because, as they say, the forest shifts. And they say a lot of dark rituals happen there. And so they say... No one should ever go up in those hills because 
If the witches don't get you, if the fireballs don't get you, the forest will. Thanks so much to Javier for that story. I find it particularly intriguing and I really want to go there even though it says not to. And uh, we have another from Tiffany and this one has to do with the bouncing balls in the woods. Hmm. Okay. Joe, uh-huh. would you like to talk about the bouncing balls in the woods? Hell yeah, I love talking about balls. You Let Tiffany work her way through you, Joe. You yes. are her mouthpiece. So yes. Tiffany, yes, I am but a vessel. That's right. For the, di- for the divinity that is Tiffany. The Tiffinity. Tiffany. So my name is Tiffany, and I'm here to say... What? Joe... You're in too deep. I'm from Southern California, and I saw your post on Twitter about camp stories and got chills thinking what happened about 20 years ago. Oh, shit. I've always been a big-time camper. This story takes place when I was 18. Me and a group of friends decided on a random Friday to pack the car and go camping for the weekend. We decided on a place we had been to dozens of times called Wheeler's Gorge in Ojai, California. It was a nice hour-long drive to get to the National Forest. Being responsible kids, we had packed the essentials. Beer, pot, and a Ouija board. Hell Yeah. yeah. We arrived just before dusk, and we had time to set up our tents, get comfortable, and just in time for a campfire, and of course, the Ouija board. I've never seen like movies or anything ever show somebody using a Ouija board like in the woods. No, I haven't either, and now I desperately want to. It's because... Now, are you familiar with the term hat on a hat? Well, now I am. Nothing happens at first. Just the usual, you're pushing it. No, you are, and so on. At some point, we began asking more dark questions. Was there anyone with us that had died at the campground? The planquette moved very quickly. (gasps) Yes, what's your name? Jonathan Riggs. How'd you die? Murdered. It had to spell... So, now this is my question. Does the Ouija board just have some commonly used phrases on there? like Right, like murdered. (laughs) (laughs) Can you write your own in there? There should be like a little... There should be a Ouija board that's also a whiteboard so you can write your own additional pieces. Exactly, because it's like, it's going to take forever to spell this shit. That's called a spirit book, Jeff. You played Phasmophobia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who murdered you? My dad. How old were you? Seven. How did Aww. he kill you? Hatchet. He, the he, book? Killed, he took the book Hatchet and then he slammed it into my head over and over. Oh, dad, that's question, mean. Question after question and answer without hesitation. It gave the details of a very graphic and sinister story. One letter at a time? Wow. <laughs> I know. About him right. catching his father having an affair and shortly after his dad took him camping where he took the boy's life. We asked uh, what site number he had been murdered. It answered 23. <gasps> like this, like the Jim Carrey movie. Oh, oh God. It means something. We, we were in 14. Uh-oh. He then told us that he had carved his initials in a tree at the site. So, of course, having the liquid courage, the six of us decided we were going to walk uh, in the middle of the night to try to find the carved initials. The campground was nearly empty, so we knew we wouldn't disturb anyone. We made our way up the path to the site, and there are several trees on the site. A lot of searching. We had just given up finding it when my friend gasped. <gasps> in the oh. tree were the initials J.R. R. Tolkien. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh. We swore, and what we swore they were marks that could only have been made by a hatchet. Oh, shit. I, I do appreciate Tiffany saying that retelling the story made her uh, have shivers. Yes. Which is really great. And she also said thank you for taking the time to read it and that she likes the podcast and uh, to keep up the awesome work. So thank you very much, uh, Tiffany. Well, those are some wonderful viewer stories, Danielle. I just typed in haunted objects on eBay. I found haunted vampire attraction spell, coven-owned clip, very powerful gin. What the fuck is a a rock? This vessel is very powerful. It looks kind of like a 
brooch pin made out of costume pearls. Mm. This okay. vessel is very powerful. The vampire spell has the power and ability to allow the owner to live among vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. What are we waiting for? The new owner will have the power to decipher between a true vampire and a mortal human as you wear this spell oh, you'll be accepted into the vampire community vampires will see you as one of them and honor your presence while wearing this spell other vampires will be drawn to you and your power over time you begin to acquire powers only vampires have your senses will be heightened significantly your eyesight will be crystal clear <laughs> do you sparkle you'll do you sparkle do you sparkle you will be able to hear conversations through t-h-r-e-w walls and eh. Even up to 300 yards away. Your reflexes and strength will be 300 yards away. That's gives quite a, a way. specific distance. That is, <laughs> they that is quite it. a way. The spell is only for someone that wishes to change their life. This spell will open your eyes to a whole new world, as life as you know and now will be gone forever. Vampires oh, are dude. sometimes nice and sometimes evil. It'll be up to you. I don't to care. Associate with. The spell also has a protection spell. Mm, good, uh, good, 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 yes. You be safe around vampires. Please let me know. I will not... I'll be responsible for any unwanted vampire encounters while wearing the spell. How much Thank is the, how much is the, the It's and this is it's literally just a a pearl hair clip for wow. 99 cents. But if you want vampire powers Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I mean is it is it bidding for 99 cents or is it a buy for 99 cents? No, it's bidding for it's bidding oh, God, it's going to go up oh, as man. soon as people find out about that. Yeah, everyone's going to want one. Oh, Have they sold any other ones of those? <laughs> Uh, well, let me see if this person has any other haunted objects. Erotic, dark arts, succubus, she-devil, gin, talisman, paranormal, dark arts, conjure. <laughs> oh, my God. I like every word of like, that. It's like a crypto like Twitter <laughs> post with all the fucking hashtags like in there. It's a post. <laughs> this is a very dark vampire succubus lover named Eleonora. Oh. oh, one specific. She is a very dark so <laughs> Oh. She is a very dark succubus vampire lover. She's five foot six inches tall with flaming red hair and emerald green eyes. She has a very sexy body. Dot, dot. Her measurements are 38, 24, 38. She is very sexual in nature and is a dark arts entity. Your coven has added extra protection to all of our beings so they can never bring any type of negative effects to their keeper or the ones they love. It's, it's, a, it's a small plastic looking gem. So when you wow. have it, you you have the succubus. Yes. I'm starting an eBay store right now. You need to save save the page and send it to me. I want to look at some of these later for research, just for, 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 for goofs. Okay. So to wrap it up, I want to say thank you to everyone who submitted a story to our episode. And if you have a story of your own, a ghost story, a campfire story that you'd like to submit to us, you can do that at geesebumps underscore pod at Instagram and Twitter or at geesebumpspod at gmail.com. And thanks so much to everybody who has written reviews and left us, uh, uh, you know, comments. We take that into consideration. And if you have not left a review yet, kindly, kindly do so. And we would love it so very much. Thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. It's a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check them out at dogpartylife.com and dogparty.bandcamp. Dot com. I sure hope that Dog Party doesn't secretly sell eBay ghosts, or they're going to be real mad at us. Uh, Geese Bombs is just one piece of comedy content produced by the Mom Hat Comedy Team. You can check out our uh, our Let's Play show. Uh, JoJo has fun. J O E J O E H A S F U N on YouTube, where we play games wrong. You can also check out our Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition actual play podcast 
the roles we made available wherever podcasts can be found. And we do uh, live streams of lots of games, primarily Phasmophobia, on the uh, JoJo Has Fun uh, Twitch uh, account, twitch.tv slash JoJo Has Fun, J-O-E-J-O-E-H-A-S-F-U-N. Um, oh, also happy 420. Uh, the next episode of our show is going to come out on uh, April the 27th, where we're going to be reading Goosebumps, uh, I think it's number 13, The Ghost Next Door. My name is JoJo. I have a PhD. My name is Danielle, and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I have a hot, sexy vampire ghost boyfriend who loves me. Woo! Yum, 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 yum. This is my Goosebumps Mini Bubba Did You Meet Goosebumps podcast, and until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to know. <laughs>